When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now experiencing the roller coaster known as country music. Sit back, relax, keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times, fasten your seat belts, and be sure to tip your waiters and waitresses. Now, without further ado, your guides, Ryan and Jordan. This is the Country Music Critic. How's it going? Not too bad. You? Well, I mean, I'm tired, but everything's everything's all right. Do you feel fresh since it's a new year, a new you? It's the same me. Same you. Uh, but you know what? I I do feel a little rejuvenated just because I have started taking better care of myself ever since we screwed up on that fast. Um, oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? <laughs> I don't think we were going to advertise it, but... Well, we talked about it. I think that's you know, that's only fair. We talked about it, so might as well be truthful about it. Yeah, well, I guess we could give the real stats then. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So, I think I made it to 46 hours, which mm. I must say is impressive mentally for me no matter what. Right. Because yeah. I've never went 24 hours. That's true. Long 36 that's true so 46 Mm -hmm. and i think had i not been giving off the wussy signals you would have probably postponed (laughs) where you went yeah wouldn't you well at least tried to be tougher i would have i would have went anyway but i wouldn't have gave the option so ultimately i get a message from from ryan here and he's like uh he said I caved. <laughs> I caved at 46 hours. <laughs> so I said, okay, okay. And it just so happened, yeah, that night uh, we had our second annual uh, First Cousins get-together on one side of, of the family. So it was, there was a lot of one even there, but it was just, it was me and my brother and uh, uh, two other siblings and then, one other cousin. We had two cousins, you know, that weren't there. But it could have been all the kids. Like, you know, it could have been all of the spouses. That's a lot of people if you add it all up. So, I, yeah. when I went in, I thought, man, I'm going to have pretty good odds of this. So, what I, I decided to do, I left it up to chance if I was going to eat or not. <laughs> and I, I picked a number between 1 and 40. I wrote it on a piece of paper in the truck before I went in and put it in my pocket when everybody got there uh, yeah which my brother knew all about it and then he sat down <laughs> we were all sitting there and he was like well are you going to eat I said I don't know that's up to y'all he said what do you mean I said well uh, I've you know at this point I've not ate in uh, 46 and a half hours I said so uh, I am I wrote on a on a on a piece of paper a number that I just randomly chose and it's in my pocket. Each one of you get to pick one number between 1 and 40. And if one of you guessed the number, I'm going to take it as a sign of me to you know, for me to eat. Yeah. So, 
the first one guessed was um was 28 yeah 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 28 that wasn't it the next one was uh, 23 it wasn't it and then my brother guessed 17 that wasn't it and i did throw a hint in there i was like well if you double one of them i'm in good shape and uh so then my other cousin said 34 <laughs> which is what i had wrote down it, it was just it it was you know totally random that he said 17 though like i didn't make yeah. him say 17 right. so yeah 17 would be my number i'm a big seven number like yeah. seven and 17 yeah so my dad always liked 17 and 22 yeah yeah my brother seemed to think I liked yeah, the number 17, but I never did. Like, <laughs> What about Christmas? The kids get what they wanted? Uh, I got everything they wanted. I know. It's it's not near as exciting as it used to be. For who? I don't know. For the kids, <laughs> I guess. Know. I mean, myself, maybe. Your I kids mean, are because, getting older. Yeah, they're sending Amazon carts mm-hmm. and like, you know, that takes all the fun out of it. Yeah. I It was so funny. I asked my grandmother the other day. I said, so I remember when we circled stuff in the JCP, JCPenney catalog, mm-hmm. did it all just show up one day? And she's like, oh, no. I took the catalog, went to Bowling Green, mm-hmm. and found it. Yeah. So I just thought that they ordered it. Uh, she's like i'm not giving my credit card yeah, over the phone a lot. in the 90s yeah my parents wouldn't do that for a long time now they buy a lot of stuff online but yeah 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 back then when it first got started they were not about to do that yeah Mm-mm. no 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 so but like i i honestly think when you have little kids like you know mine mine are almost three and five they were so excited to go in there like it was like it was like me when i was in high school i saw like something i wasn't supposed to for the first time you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah like like angels start singing right yeah okay just just the looks on their face yeah that's what makes it worth it and like how they light up and you you can't tell them anything at that point. They're no. just ecstatic. Love it. Loving life at that point. You better enjoy it. No, I know. I got some teenagers. It's got some, I mean, the attitudes change the way that the wind blows. My five-year-old's got an attitude. I mean, Lord have mercy. His yeah. attitude is so nasty for no reason. Like, he just all of a sudden will... If you tell him to do something, it's the opposite. Whatever you tell him not to do, you best believe he's doing it. You should do some reverse psychology with him. I've tried. That worked with my kids for the longest time. I've tried. Yeah? No luck, huh? He acts like he is, he, he doesn't have a care in the world. That's he something sure that you really don't want him to lose, though. Well. he's probably peaceful. It's not peaceful. <laughs> for it's you all. quite psychotic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. Like, he will actively hurt his little brother. Oh. Like, he'll push him off the couch for just for no reason. Just because, I mean, his little brother wants to do everything he does. 
yeah. wants to be his little shadow. But sometimes my oldest just wants to be left alone. He don't want anything to do with you yeah. know anybody. But yeah, it's bad. Mm. It, well, it, it gets bad. You know, speaking of something else, before we get into the song of the week, mm-hmm. how was Tyler Childers? It was. It was. It was a great show. I've been waiting on that review. It's all well. I I, I started working it on is. it. I know it. Uh, see, our uh, refrigerator went out. Yeah. Right after Christmas, and we've been having to keep stuff outside, and we lost about a thousand dollars worth of groceries and all the leftovers that we had from the holidays, and we just got our uh, fridge uh, delivered to us today. So, I've got a funny story about that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think the guy's listening. So when you message me, mm-hmm. do I know a service guy? Well, I did, and then, then he passed away, and then I thought of this other guy. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Marine. I mean, clean cut. Yeah. Great human being. Mm-hmm. And he texts me. He's like, is this a close friend? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's a pretty good dude. Mm-hmm. I was like, he's like, uh, so, you know, I'm just trying to base on how this should go. You know, and I was like, "Yeah, man, if you can help him out, help him out." He said he lost thousand dollars worth of groceries. He's like, "Man, I ain't had a thousand dollars worth of groceries this whole month." <laughs> and I was uh, like, "Well, he might have been exaggerating." No, there were steaks. Really? There were like a couple hundred dollars worth of steaks. There were gifts. See, we're the type, and mm. then my mom's the same way as, that you are. Like mm. y'all will stock up. Yeah. We just buy it as we need it. Yeah. You know what I mean? We usually do that, but then we have steaks. You know, like sometimes somebody will get a you know, cow slaughtered, and we'll get all kinds of meat. Right. Put it in the freezer. Well, if it was up to me, it would be in the other freezer in the in the garage. But she likes to put stuff in the freezer and right. in the house just because, even though we're not going to touch it for a while. If but, I had a freezer, I would have like an elk in there. My dad killed an elk. Oh yeah. This weekend in Tennessee, he killed a big monster. And if I had a place, I would put some in it. Well, you've got a place. Well, a freezer. I don't have a freezer. They're not that expensive. Well. Especially now. But the kitchen, man. Like the kitchen is killing me. Because, all right, under my kitchen sink would be very embarrassing if you knew how much history I have in the plumacy plumbing industry Mm -hmm. all right i did it right out of high school for 10 years i could have got my license but the day that we went we went to tattletales and we drank a lot and then we went to the class and then we didn't feel like studying it's a long story of missed opportunities in the plumbing business okay but anyways it's awful so i was thinking i'm so tired of spending money and then having to tear it out six months later because I'm remodeling. Yeah. So, like, how can I fix my kitchen sink issue? It's mm-hmm. got a leak. It's not great. But I don't want to invest a lot of money and then have to move it six months from now. Right. And everything affects everything. Yeah. Because I can't get a new cabinet until I level up the floor. Mm-hmm. But I can't put the cabinet where it belongs until I move the old steps. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I went out, spent three hundred dollars at Lowe's, and tonight I'm gonna replumb the whole kitchen and put in a new <laughs> sink. And I even got yeah. a little squirt bottle that's got like where you could put your dish soap in it. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. Now, I just got a basic metal sink. Mm-hmm. I didn't get the real fancy one that I wanted. But good Lord, you know how long it's been since I've bought a sink? Yeah. They are like three, $400 for the basics. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's no, that's no feature. Right. It don't even come with the baskets. Yeah. Mm-mm. It's just the, the sink. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that's what I'm going to be doing tonight. There you go. I'm going to be re-plumbing a sink. Mm-hmm. If I you had put it on TikTok. There you go. If you now, hadn't cut corners to begin with, you wouldn't have to worry about it. Here's what happened. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. <laughs> we were trying our hardest to get in. And my father-in-law said, you need to put sink clips on the sink, which help hold the sink in place. Yep. And I'm like, gravity's going to hold this. <laughs> and I never put them in. Well, anytime that somebody bumped up against it, yeah. it made something a little loose. Yeah. Well, then here we are now to where it's just so embarrassing. So I thought when I do a TikTok video, I'm going to say, I got a call to fix a sink. Wow. <laughs> and this is what I did. Oh, man. What could you just say? So I half-assed this years ago. I'm just going to yeah. fix it now. Yeah. How yeah, far is that? I mean, that? Th- that does sound more yeah. honest. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? But I anyways. think you worry about what people think about you. I try, I try not to. Though. But you do you so know? much. You know? Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I'm not really not carefree, am I? No. Mm-mm. You're very high tension. But you know, when we were doing that fast, <laughs> yeah, I felt a sense of it's okay not to reply right now. Yeah. Like, I'm one of those people, mm-hmm. and you've noticed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll ask you four questions before mm-hmm. you reply before you to the, the first. you give me the opportunity to reply to the first one, yeah. Yeah. You will. <laughs> but. Has there ever been a time that you've texted me and I didn't text right back? No. I mean, I'm pretty on top of it. You are. But You're I expect punctual. that from other people. Right. I, you're and, not going to get that from me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't expect yourself from other people. Yeah. No, no, no. And I feel like uh, when I was on that fast, that it kind of toned things down a little A little bit. more patient. Just a little. Not much. Yeah. But that's why I'm ready to do it again whenever you are. Yeah. I'll be ready... Uh, We'll we'll talk about it. I'll be ready in a week or so. Talk about a rabbit hole. How was Tyler's concert? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it was really good. Yeah, we it got really, really sidetracked. Have you ever heard of shoveling rope? Shoveling a rope? No, not shoveling a rope. Shoveling rope. Shoveling rope. Yeah, it's just a band. like that. Mm-hmm. No, it's a band that opened for him. Oh, and he explained why they opened, which it's a little. It's it's in my review. <laughs> That I've not done yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> not not com- I've not got it completed yet. But anyway, uh, when he and Sonora May were courting, that, that was his words. They were in heavy rotation. Yeah, you know, during that time, they loved shoveling rope. And when you look on Spotify, when you look at shoveling rope, they look like an attractive young couple. Well, that's been years ago when that picture was taken. Uh-huh. <clears throat> they're still fine, but it's uh, they're married. And when I tell you that they are both playing three instruments and singing on stage during every song, that's what they're doing. They're the only. It, it, it's just a two-piece band, and they're up there doing magic. 
Wow. Like, it's like a magic show, just seeing what all they can do at the same time. She reminds me of a artist that was on that show, Nashville. But I assume she wasn't. I don't know. Mm-mm. Okay. Well, you know, we might have to check them out. I mean, did you like their music? They were really good. They weren't country. Really? Oh, really? It's not country. Yeah. Bluegrass? Nope. Rock? Kind of like um, indie, like a you know indie folk rockish, maybe close to like a you know, Lumineers, maybe Avit Brothers, um, but mm, let's see what's a good example. They sound like they have great voices, and they're married. And the chemistry that they have together, it's just, it's amazing how well they mesh together. Now, they only played like six or seven songs, and then Tyler came out, but. Well, I just did a quick Google search, and like the second question is, how much does it cost to book them? 25,000 to 40,000. Yeah. I mean, are they that good? They're good. Yeah, I've never heard of. They're them. entertaining for sure. I guess nowadays, I mean, that's yeah. that's your new I don't five thousand. I don't know that they've. I'm not gonna say that they haven't put anything out in a while. They got two children. Yeah. They're from Columbia, South Carolina. That was one thing they talked about. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they had some really good songs. It was honestly like. It's almost like yeah, you know, new age rock that even almost like at some points has like an R and B feel to it. Really? Yeah. It was entertaining. But well, so Tyler. He killed it. Did he? Killed it. Did he do everything that you wanted him to do? Uh I seen where the night before he played uh Follow You to Virgie. He didn't play that for us. Um, and that's one of your Top songs of his. I love that song. I've seen him do it before, so that wasn't as as big of a deal. But I don't think I've ever seen Tyler. Yeah, he's talented man. Yeah. What about Lady May? He did do that, and it's a little different when his wife's there. You know. Really. Yeah. Just. Yeah, it feels different because you know it's about her. Yeah. And here's a song he wrote for her. Yeah. And uh, yeah, like when. Yeah, when the clock struck midnight, she came on stage. All the spouses of the you know, musicians came on the stage, and yeah, you know, they all got their midnight kiss. And yeah, you know, did you? Yeah, I went on stage and I kissed Tyler no. Childers right on the. I lips. mean, your midnight kiss in the yeah, crowd. Yeah, well, good. yeah. I was with my wife. Yeah. Good, good. I did because you know it's a superstition. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. See, I I didn't know that. He talked about it on stage. He said, uh, yeah, I mean, I was always told you want, if you want to do, well, whatever you do on New Year's Eve night when the clock strikes 12, that's what you'll be doing the entire year. So somebody's sleeping. We'll be at, we'll be at concerts all year if that's the case. Yeah, right. Because, and I mean, we probably will be, we're going to be. I got her tickets to go see Nate Bargazzi in May. And then we're going to see Zach Bryan in June. Which one? Nashville? Nissan, Nissan Stadium. Are you? How'd you get those tickets? I, I bought them 
they uh, they were the pre-sale. Did you give a lot? It wasn't cheap. Really? <laughs> I think I gave See, like, more than... Actually, I don't know. She may have yeah, paid more for the Tyler tickets. She shouldn't have. Yeah. Because they were on there for a decent price a few weeks ago. Yeah. But then I heard they were sold out. Well, you know what this has forced me to do? Is I've been going to like venues of like uh, the city winery in Nashville mm-hmm. and seeing if there's anybody like Marcus King. Yeah, like you know, random. yeah, mm-hmm. people that are not, not massive right. yet. Yeah, so it's kind of drawing my attention that way mm-hmm. is what it's doing because it just to me. I mean, I can't take one kid without taking the other. Yeah, and three thousand dollars for three hours is just not worth it. because yeah. that's probably what it would cost. I don't know about that. For four people. No. It's not More. $500 a ticket. For Zach at Nashville? It wasn't $500 a ticket. On StubHub? It wasn't for me. Oh. I mean, well. it was. It wasn't even $600 for two tickets. Oh. Yeah. It was you got a pretty decent area of seating? Yeah. Really? Hmm. We're not on the field. Of course, yeah. she don't want to be. I wouldn't either. But unless you're front row. It was like, we're like fifth row... In the section above the field. Oh, okay. Like the first section off the field. Kind of like how yeah, we were for row. Garth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be bad. Yeah. But I did see where the stage is the first time that he's doing it different than in the round. There, he's going to do it like your traditional. Yeah. You yeah. know. Because it would have been cool to see him in the round. Yeah, then you, you yeah. just sold every seat. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, I guess we better get on with the song of the week. I actually have two of them. So, I got a question. Okay. How do you choose a song of the week? Because every song of the week you choose is old. It's not always old. The majority of the time. <laughs> well, this song right here, I'll tell you exactly how I chose both of these songs. There is a songwriter that I'm not going to give his name out, mm-hmm. but Luke Combs tagged him in a post because he loved his songwriting so much and i took a little deep dive down the guy's page and he did these two covers and the first one that you're gonna hear i had never heard and it inspired me so much that i went back and listened to it so that's how i got these two songs here we go with natural high by merle haggard
Have you heard that song? No. That was a good song, I think. I like it. Yeah, it's a sweet song. Yeah. The next one is Rural Route by Chris Knight. Chris Knight. Now. Yeah. You know, it almost inspires me. Like, I want to do this. And I know I'm just thinking out loud right now. Mm-hmm. If I could get him to come do an acoustic set and then, like, we give away tickets to the people that listen to us all the time that mm-hmm. love music and be like an appreciation event at the end of the year. Yeah. You, th- you think it'd be cool? Like, he would be an awesome artist. I do. I think it would be a little difficult to pull off because... Of the money? Well, I mean, a lot of the people listening to the show don't live here, you know? Yeah. It'd be a destination. Okay. <laughs> Cape Come City, Kentucky is a destination now. Yeah. I mean, we got like four hotels. Well, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And, and it wouldn't all... be for 500 people. It'd no. just be our like our top 25. That, yeah, that would be expensive. Yeah. Just to get him. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, would you do it because we're friends? He doesn't know that we're friends, but we are. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, he might even get you something for the whole thing. The restraining I'm order. You, man. For real. <laughs> Here's a piece of paper. Got yours and my name on it. <laughs> I, just, I just love his songwriting, though, man. He does. He's a great songwriter. He's a, That one song where he talked about, you know, I went home and dug it out with my old knife, you know? Mm-hmm. Dug it out. And then the guy that messed with his brother and he sent him on down the river. We went on down the river. Yeah, great song. I'm serious, though. Like, uh, I was going to look at going to see him when we were talking about tickets being through the roof. He's going to be in Louisville the weekend that I got to go to Texas. Mm. Have you seen him? Oh, I've seen him twice. Yeah, I've seen him. And the first time I got to meet him, he's really cool. He was at uh, Bowling Green Mm. at uh, Mount Victor. You ever been there? That's where I've seen Sturgill, too. Mm mm. I tell you about meeting him. Yeah. Told him it was my birthday. Yeah. And it was. You You didn't care. Yeah, he didn't. (laughs) And I can't find the picture to save my life. That's a shame. Uh, It is. But you can ask Miss Kay. Mm -hmm. She was with me. It's the only proof I have. (laughs) All right. I saw him in Somerset. Did you? With, uh, what's that band called? It's saying Copperhead Road. Why am I going blank? Head road. Oh, that was a guy, wasn't it? It wasn't a band. It's a band. 
It may have been his name. It was a band name, but. Copperhead. Oh, now I'm going to have to look. Oh, that's, that's awful. I've heard that name a million times. Yeah. Uh, Why do I not know that? I'll give you a hint. All right. First name starts with an S. Last name starts with an E. Steve Earle. Yes. Yeah. Steve Earle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's one that I'd like to explore their music. Yeah. You know? All right. You ready to get started, I guess? I'm ready. All right. This time we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to do a place. All right? And what is the best thing to start our country music critic podcast this year with other than the Opry? So we're talking about the Grand Old Opry. Okay. The mother of country music. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts that you have about the Opry before we get started? Are we talking about like the new Opry or? It's all, from day one to where, to where we are where now. now. Mm-hmm. She started the mother church. Do I now? You have to start at the mother church, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, <clears throat> November 28th, 1925 is when WSM was created. Mm-hmm. All right. It started as a barn dance that was held on the fifth floor of a radio station in Nashville. The management hired a 29-year-old DJ that at the time was the number one DJ in the country. All right, his name was George Hay. The first, first, the, oh my gosh, do you hear my tongue just like sticking together? It's, it's like I'm... Is it forked? Why is it, why is it coming apart? I don't know. <laughs> so, here we go. All right, All right we're going to try this again. The first performer at the Grand Old Opry was a 77-year-old fiddler by the name of Uncle Jimmy Thompson. 1927 was the first time that the phrase was ever uttered, Grand Old Opry. 1934, they moved to another location that wasn't as popular. 1936, they moved again. But in 1936 was the first time that they charged 25 cents to get in. 1943, they moved to the Ryman Auditorium. That place alone has its own little curve that we got to curve off to and talk about. Because it wasn't built for the Grand Old Opera. Mm-mm. Do you know any history about that before we go down there? Uh, no, I've I've yeah been there, and it's just a whole different feeling when you walk through those doors. It is. So, it was originally called the Union Gospel Tabernacle. It wasn't always the Ryman. That's what it started at. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1892 by Thomas Ryman. He owns saloons and riverboats. So Thomas had heard of a preacher named Samuel Jones. He went to listen to this preacher, and he was going to heckle in the crowd, like as an event, something Mm -hmm. to do. But he was so taken back from the message that it inspired him to be a Christian from the one time. 
So Thomas decided he was going to build a place for this preacher to come preach inside. So think about this for a moment. He was he was like, what are we going to do tonight? Well, let's go down here and heckle at this preacher. <laughs> and then he builds the mm. Ryman Auditorium. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so. Sounds awesome. like it was, yeah, touched. Yeah, pretty effectively <laughs> if he did right, that. Right, yeah. right, and that's the story. So it took seven years to build it and costed $100,000. In today's money, that would be $3.2 million. Thomas Ryman died in 1904. Jones, the same preacher, preached his funeral inside the Ryman. After he passed away, that's when it officially was named the Ryman Auditorium. Now, at this time, they didn't know nothing about country music and had never thought of what was about to inspire there. It was just a place for people to preach. It was an auditorium. You know, you mm -hmm. could rent it, do whatever you wanted to do. So Charlie Chapman was there in 1949. Theodore Roosevelt, William Taft, and the very first to sell the auditorium out was Helen Keller and Ann Sullivan in 1913. Helen, and that was before it was ever anything. Helen Keller. Yeah. Hmm. That name does sound familiar, but I no, never did look I know up who that she artist. Is. I, it's not an artist. Or, she was like a. Uh, she was a. Hang on, don't say it. <laughs> she. <laughs> <laughs> she I hope was you a, get this wrong. <laughs> well, you're making me feel like I'm gonna get it wrong. She was now. a tap dancer. <laughs> no, she wasn't no tap dancer. She was like an activist or something, wasn't she, for mm. women's rights? <laughs> she didn't. She didn't act out very much. All right, let's hear. Let, well, who is she? Helen Keller was deaf and blind. <laughs> About no, she wasn't. Yes, she was. Then why would she be there? Maybe they were talking about how much she overcame. Like <laughs> up until a certain point. Now I'm gonna have to look this up because <laughs> Helen Keller was not. You're saying she was <laughs> blind and deaf. Yeah, Helen Keller. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, you've just got my mind all screwed up. <laughs> speech written by Helen Keller. So Imagine she was a speech writer. She could write, yeah. She just couldn't say it. Hmm. I so, mean, she was I mean, inspirational. I'm, yeah, I'm sure so she I did mean, motivational speech. In 1913, <clears throat> why would she sell out the place? Well, she was famous because of all the things she went through and overcame. Being deaf and blind. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because... Yeah. At that time, you can't hear a train coming, you know. You don't know when you're going to walk in front of one because you can't see either. That's true. And so, I mean, that's that's danger there. That's like living on the edge of the... Yeah. Living on the edge. That's what... Let me ask you. Would you rather be blind or deaf? Uh, deaf. Me too. Me too. Yeah. You know, and as much as I love music, mm -hmm. I, I would still... Because I couldn't imagine no. not being able to see... And that's why I thank God for as many times as I can do yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you for my sight. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. because people take for granted that, you know, you only got two of them. 
Yeah. And it's not like you can fix them or mm. grow them back or mm -mm. transplant them. Nope, nope, nope. Once nope. they're gone, they're gone. Well, they are starting to make a lot of strides in yeah. optometry, but I don't know if they got quite yet. Eventually they will. Yeah. So back to the Opry. Opening the Ryman. It was June 1943. They had 2,362 seats. 1949, Hank Sr. did six encores. 1939 to 1956 is when it became a one-hour Opry show. 1956 was when Johnny Cash first appeared. 1954, a teenager by the name of Elvis Presley performed. After the show, he was told that his program did not fit well with theirs. Yeah. A little bit too much of a rock and roll star. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. 1973, Jerry Lee Lewis was told to stop cussing on the stage. He couldn't even keep his hands off his first cousin. You ain't going to get him to stop cussing either. <laughs> right. 1965, Johnny Cash was banned for kicking out the footlights. 1968, after his success from Folsom Prison album, he was invited to come back. 1969 to 1992 is where they filmed Hee Haw, the famous show, which introduced mm -hmm. artists like Garth Brooks for mm -hmm. the first time. Little Jimmy Dickens? Yes. A lot Manny of Pearl? <laughs> the Magic Circle. Do you know anything about that? It sounds like a secret society. No. So, you know, at the new one, there's a circle that they talk about. As soon as I stand in that circle. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, that circle was from the rhyming stage that they cut out of the back of it when they moved to the new location. Mm. That's why it's so inspirational to a lot of artists. Mm. 1974 is when they made that move to the new Opry House that seated 4,000 people located right beside the world-famous Opryland, which it opened in 1972. You remember Opryland? Oh, yeah. I do. It was all. You know, I'd like to Google, like, why they shut it down. Do you know why? Uh, <clears throat> they said they wasn't getting the attendance, like, that they had in years past, and it just became. And for some reason, I feel like they had lawsuits. One really? of the one of the rides they had issues with, maybe somebody drowned. Yeah, I feel like it was the Grizzly River Rampage. You know, hmm. I don't know that that's completely true. I don't know if I believe it, but I'll spread it. But I'm yeah. pretty sure it was something like that is what caused it. I see. I used to love go play the, the you know games that they had. Yeah, I like. I mean, I just thought it was the greatest thing as a kid, and it wasn't that far from home. Yeah, it was so fun. Know? So, on opening night at the New Opry, Richard Nixon played the first song on opening night. What? Yeah, he sure did. That's Him and a keyboard or a piano. The park closed in 1997. That was right next door. 1974 to 2004, the New Opry House was the only place that the CMAs were ever filmed and held. 1970 to 1980 is when the tours began at the old Ryman. 
And believe it or not, it had sat vacant for so long that they considered tearing it down. There is an artist from Kentucky who helped save the Ryman, Miss Emmylou Harris. Oh, yeah. For two years, she did a concert series there, and it generated so many people that they thought, okay, we could do this more often. So she will go down in history as the person that helped save the Ryman Auditorium when they wanted to tear it down. 2010, a flood affected the new Opry House, and it had to go a year renovation, and they went back to the old Opry during that time. So, do you want to know how you become a member? You have to... Yeah, yeah, tell me. I don't know for sure. You have to be invited by someone who already is a a member. You have to have the respect for the history of country music. You must be able to appear whenever they ask, and you must be willing to accept $140 a show. That's right. $140 a show. Still? Yeah, still to this day. Do you want to know some of the biggest artists that are not members of the Grand Ole Opry? George Strait, Miranda Lambert, Alabama, Faith Hill, Shenandoah, John Anderson, Brooks and Dunn, and Tanya Tucker. Wow. They're not even members. There's got to be a reason. Especially the king. George, he said his reasoning was is for scheduling conflicts. He didn't want to be obligated to have to come to Nashville and play two or three times a year. Well, I mean, I understand that. And, I mean, when you're the king of country music. You can do what you want. Yeah. So, they have 70 members that are alive today. So, and, you know, you remember the movement when they were talking about reinstate Hank Sr. into the Opry? And, like, they had all these petitions online. Well... The facts are, they would if that was a requirement. But after you die, you lose that right, obviously. You have Mm. to be alive to be a member. So, yeah. yeah. So, that is basically the history of the Ryman. Or not of the Ryman, but of the Grand Old Opry. Opry. I, myself, I have never been to the new house, but I've been to the old one. And I loved it. I've been to the Ryman. I've not been to the new one. Um, do you remember us talking on here to uh, Bradley Gaskin about it when he played? Yes. And Vince Gill was there, and he was mm-hmm. he was covering a Vince song, and he was yeah, so intimidated, but ended up killing it. Yeah. <clears throat> the first time that I went, it was with my grandmother, and Jeff Bates proposed to his wife at the time on stage. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. It it is definitely a memorable place yeah no that's not the first time i went that's the first time that i went to see a grand old opry appearance the very first time that i was in the building i sat in the sixth row in the seventh grade with my dad to see waylon's last performance 2001 yeah waylon jennings and at the time i was like this is cool but like you know i'm in the seventh grade i didn't respect music the way i do yeah, now yeah. lord have mercy i wish i could go back to that night mm-hmm. there was a lot of big stars there yeah and what such a historical place oh yeah 
You it's know? I mean it's the most historical uh, venue in country music, I think. Uh, it is. Have you seen any other shows there besides? You know, I feel like I've seen somebody else there, but it's not coming to mind. You know, I've seen Waylon and then Jeff Bates. That may have been... I've been outside of it a hundred times in yeah. that alley. Yeah. Meeting stars as they go in. Yeah. Because there's no secret way in. You just got to mm-hmm. go down the alley. Yeah. Uh, I met Charlie Daniels outside of the place. That was cool. Yeah. Bill Anderson. But I think that's the only one. My grandma's seen Dwight Yoakam there. Yeah. I saw all the Counting Crows there. You know, and that's the cool thing about the place. place. You don't have to be, Mm -mm. you don't have to be a country artist to have a show there. No. You know? Just the sound. Like the way the music echoes off the walls. It was different. It felt so intimate. Well, I mean, just the history. Look at the floor. Yeah. And the seats. Mm-hmm. Kind of makes you want to know who made every one of those scratches on the floor. You know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's a pretty it's, impressive place. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. Hopefully, it's here for a lot longer. Yeah. So, that is our episode of the history of the Grand Old Opry. Do you know who's performed there the most? I don't. Now, I know somebody that's been over 100 times. The Ryman or the Grand Ole Opry? The uh, Grand Ole Opry. I mean, I don't know who the most performed. I, I didn't know if no. you've seen that part. Chris Jansen, he's done it over 100 times in a year. In a year? Yeah, I think so. Or maybe it's his whole thing. Mm. It's probably not in a year because there's that's, that the math wouldn't once every sense. three days <laughs> yeah. if any artist would it'd be him yeah that's how much he that's loves that's true him. all right we're gonna find out in california one day the next day he's flying in for a song at the grand Ole Opry, and then flying back out to new mexico <laughs> he's busy 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 let's see okay so here we go Jeannie seeley she has played the opry over five thousand appearances in her career mm. that's impressive especially because i don't know who that is yeah I in should, 55 probably. years she's played five thousand times well yeah it's a long career it is so i remember hearing stories about um you know older folks sitting at night around their you know, radio in their living room at their house listening to the Grand Ole Opry when it came on. Yeah. And just how that, that was all that they really ever had to to you know use for entertainment. You know, that was it. Yeah, just sit around the radio and listen. Yeah. You know? That's that's back when uh, music wasn't as prevalent as it is now, but I almost you know feel like it had more of an impact on people. It did. Because you didn't have all you didn't have all the options, you know. You just had a couple things that you could listen to, and that's. But. Well, and I heard something that I'm gonna steal off of uh, a radio thing today. If you think about the difference between 1939 to 1984, it was a short period of time that we come a very very long way. 
but from 1984 to now, same amount of difference. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't feel like we've came as far. You know yeah. what I mean? It's because it's been within our lifetime. Yeah. That's why. But, but I mean, like 1939, we didn't have nothing. Uh-uh. No HVAC. That was still pre-World War Two. Yeah. That was still before, you know, I mean, really women went to work. They didn't start work until around the war when they were having them with the uniforms and building bombs and whatnot. Yeah, you know, Rosie the Riveter in there, you know, really getting the women out in the workforce, and then they never went back home. Yeah. <laughs> they, they stayed working ever since because you can't afford to just have one job. You know, it's right. a... It's an all-hands-on-deck thing now for every family. And that's, it's really weird how things change. It's like my wife was talking about the other night. I was trying to fall asleep, and I couldn't because she kept touching me with her foot. I was like, what are you doing? I was like, quit. I was like, would you leave me alone? She's she, trying to give you a message. No, and she was just wanting to, to yeah, touch yeah, my leg with her foot just because it, it's like she has it's like she's on base and she's playing tag and she don't want to be you know caught off base so but i told her i said you know what if it wasn't for the great depression i'd have my own damn room <laughs> <laughs> because before the great depression if you were you know yeah married you didn't share a bed you had your own room did you know that no what yeah. was the purpose of that well after the great depression you couldn't afford beds. You couldn't afford food. You couldn't afford heat. You couldn't afford, like, you know, I had to pay for wood. And there was a shortage of everything then. So you were having to scrounge every every penny you had, and you had to hunker in the, all together in the same bed to stay warm. And also because you couldn't afford two beds. You couldn't afford an extra room. So before the Great Depression, when couples got married, it was a normal thing. It was a two-bedroom home. It was a his and hers. Not necessarily a two-bedroom, but it was a normal occurrence. That's why now, if you know like an older couple, not all of them, but yeah, quite a few of them slept in separate beds. My grandparents did that. And I always thought it was weird because they're the only people I knew that did that. But then when I learned, you know, <clears throat> why. Probably slept I, better. I guarantee it, man. <laughs> you know? I would sleep so good yeah. if I had my own bed. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when I got them little kids climbing in there. Every time your wife come to check on you to sleep, your mm-hmm. phone would ding or something. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I, I'll. Oh, I got to. Are you gonna fall? I got a Charlie horse. <gasps> oh, I thought like something was falling, or like you seen something in the floor coming after you or something. I'm seeing stars right now. My leg hurts so bad. What? This is real. Folks. Oh my god! Right? Charlie's got all of me. <laughs> that where it like clenches onto your yes. muscle? Yes. You know they say you're not drinking enough water if that happens. Well, I haven't the last couple of days. That's true. <laughs> you I don't know where to go. I'm stuck. Are you okay? I got stretches beast out. <laughs> Do you want me to fall? Or just keep... <laughs> you, <are angry. laughs> you want me to get you something? I don't know what you can get me. 
Oh. Hey, I'm gonna pause this. I'm gonna stand up. Are you good? Oh. <laughs> I'm glad you turned that camera off. <laughs> I know, right? Could you? <laughs> Could you imagine you caught yeah. my Charlie horse on there? It oh hilarious. man, it still ain't let go. Are you? <laughs> but it's it's not as bad because I'm stretching it. I, I, I don't know if I should keep this audio or not. <laughs> Uh, we, <laughs> what was i even saying i don't even know now. Oh, oh i do I thought know. you were falling i bet i bet that was my grandma to keep me from saying what i was about to say <laughs> so i was about to say i always thought they slept in different bedrooms because they already had four kids they didn't want didn't need any more <laughs> That was definitely your grandmother. <laughs> Me, mom. Sorry. <laughs> oh my god, I'm in tears. Oh, cause I I literally thought <laughs> you were falling out of the chair. People are gonna be like, "What the hell are we listening to?" It's still got a whole man. Oh my goodness. Yeah, all right. It's still got a hold. Like I don't know what to do. I don't know well, if there's any way I can. I'm just going to keep stretching and talking, I guess. Because <laughs> you're over maybe crying. You should, <laughs> do, do you want to go ahead and say the ending cue? We can. Thanks, folks, for being here for my collapse. We love you. I'm going to start eating more bananas and get more potassium. Maybe yeah. I won't cramp up. Uh, thank you. We love you. Remember to like, share, rate, review. Tell your friends, neighbors, brothers, sons, mis- and mistresses. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever else. Uh, without you, this is not possible. But stay safe. God bless. Eat your bananas. Get your potassium up. And... Uh, you won't have these Charlie horses like I have right now. Still, it's like five minutes in, and I'm still like so much pain. But uh, stay safe. God bless. Hasta. <laughs> this here podcast was prepared and accomplished by the Country Music Critic. The views and opinions expressed on the Country Music Critic are not necessarily those of the guests, sponsors, or anyone associated with the production of this here podcast. Country Music Critic releases itself from all misrepresentation. Any information shared on this podcast was researched and obtained using the World Wide Web, a.k.a. the interweb. Comments made on the Country Music Critic are meant to be informative, comical, or just plain silly, and not meant to defame, asperse, calumniate, slander, traduce, vilify, or be maligned in any way. Why do you boys consistently make me say all them tough words? Don't like it. Thanks for joining us on the Country Music Critic, 